Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey everyone, this is Jack Gibson. And this is Jeff Schechter, AKA Shecky from the High Return Real Estate Show. And if you wanna learn how to cultivate relationships at the highest level, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with our good friend, Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, what's up? Welcome back to the Build Your Network Podcast. This is episode 225 of the show, which is unbelievable to me. I'm so, so unbelievably honored to be able to make it this far along in the podcasting journey. I'm thankful to each and every one of you for listening to the show. So do me a favor, let me connect with you. If you're out there right now listening to the show, head on over to Instagram and screenshot this episode, upload it to your Instagram story and tag me in it, at Travis Chapel. Tag me in that over there. That way I can go over there, say what's up and say thank you for listening to the show. Today, I am stoked to bring on Jack Gibson and Jeff Schechter. I don't do this very often as far as interviewing two people to same time. But Jack and Jeff seemed like a couple of really cool guys. And it seemed like we'd have a pretty good synergy if we all just kind of hopped on one interview together and chat a little bit about their business. So as all of you know, I'm a podcaster, but I'm also a real estate investor. And that's how I made a good chunk of my income in 2018. And uh, that is definitely part of my long-term wealth building strategy. And if it is not currently part of yours, it definitely should be. Real estate has turned out more millionaires than any other industry in history. So there's definitely something to it. And we talk quite a bit about all of that in this episode. Jack and Jeff own a company together 
called the High Return Real Estate. So head over to highreturnrealestate.com to check out more of their stuff. It's a turnkey real estate investing solution. So we get into what turnkey properties are. We talk about how Jack and Jeff initially became partners, what their backgrounds are, and how they made their money initially. Lots and lots and lots of really great and practical stuff in this episode, guys. Really, really practical stuff. If you're curious about real estate investing at all, you should definitely tune in to this show. But first, I know you guys hear me and my guests talk a lot about masterminds here on the show. These are one of the best tools that I've ever used to build the network I've been able to build in the last couple of years. If this is a new term to you, or you've always wondered exactly what a mastermind is or how it benefits you or all the different ins and outs of that and why you should invest your hard-earned money into it, then you're definitely going to want to take my free mastermind course. It is everything that you need to know about masterminds in just six short lessons, and it's 100% free. So there's literally no reason to not at least see what it's about. Just head over to free mm course.com to grab that course and start today. And now here is my conversation with Jack Gibson and Jeff Schechter. Jack and Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking the time. Pleasure to be here, Travis. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we are excited. Yeah, of course, of course. So I want to jump in. I mean, there's so many amazing things that we have to go through here. Lots of networking conversation, network marketing conversation, real estate, investing, all this kind of stuff. But first, let's build a little bit of context here. And uh, Jack, why don't you go ahead and start first? Tell me a little bit about kind of like your your career and where, like how, how you ended up doing what you're doing now with Jeff. And then I'll have, uh, I'll have Jeff do the same thing. Yeah, great question. You know, I started in business when I was 19. I was a freshman in college. You know, my parents had always told me, study hard, get good grades, get a job. That was the plan that worked for them. However, I always knew I was going to be a businessman. I didn't know what kind of business, but I knew in my heart I was an entrepreneur. So when I was in, my do in the dorms, another college student was passing out flyers about a network marketing opportunity and nutrition. First, I was like, very skeptical, didn't want to sell anything. You know, I just wanted to keep doing what I was doing at school. And then I realized, well, gosh, like this may be what I've been like looking for. And it's just came disguised as hard work. So went to a meeting and checked it out. And, uh, you know, I saw the ability to network and create a, a huge network of other distributors to make residual income. So I was all in. So I built that wait, wait, business. Wait. Are you talking about one of those pyramid schemes? <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I know. So of course, we always get that question, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah I've, I have a ton of friends in the network marketing industry have dabbled a little bit, of course, just like every other entrepreneur out there has. But I, I just think it's a funny conversation. So but yeah, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, that's a whole different sidebar, right? Like, um, you know, Donald Trump is controversially as, as he is, right? He's a very successful, wealthy man. He said one time interviewed, what would you do if you had to start all over? And he said, I'd I'd start with a network marketing company. Somebody in the audience laughed and he said, well, that's why you're out there and I'm right here. So. <laughs> Never got to worry about what's on his mind. That's for sure. Right, right. You know, it is one of, to me, it's the, uh, for the average person, it's the greatest opportunity because you don't have to have capital. So, you know, for me yeah, at a and, young and, age. And honestly, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you here. No, you're fine. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors 
according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. But honestly, it's one of the biggest benefits that I see in that industry is it takes young people and puts them into a journey of personal and self-development. Like no other industry out there, in my opinion, does a better job at like forcing people through a personal development journey than the network marketing industry. Yeah, we, we often say, and I fully agree with that, we say that you know, our company is more of a personal development company disguised as a nutrition operation. So the, like the overriding purpose of the company is really to develop leadership and develop human beings to be the best they can be. So I found that, you know, 20 years, like daily, I'm exposed to personal development. I mean, wow, like just what a journey that is. Something that teaches you that you need to become the type of person to be able to attract success first versus being on a constant pursuit of success and maybe really not being the type of person that can really attract it and, and deserve it. Yeah. So um, anyways, uh, that business has, uh, you know, grown over the years and, you know, networking, the way I look at it in growing any business, like the first thing, you know, that's going to give you immediate like jumpstart in the business is your network. Cause you can go to your network with your opportunity, your product, whatever, and you can go to them for free because you don't have to pay, you don't need capital or marketing to go, leverage your other human to human connections. Now, ultimately, I found in both businesses, you know, that doesn't have scalability. So it gave me a great start. But that's the like, it just was that it was a great start. But the real scalability is by going out and creating a brand new larger network of people that like you don't know. And being able to do that is like it's it, both parts are very, very crucial to being able to develop a, a business, in my opinion. I mean, that's how we've done, 
done it for both times. So I fully agree with you on that. And we're, we're going to get into some like really good practical stuff on networking here in a, in a second. Um, before we do that, you want to just give like a quick little like, hey, this is what I've done. This is where I've been. And then this is how I met Jeff. That's yeah, absolutely. That's that's right where I was going. So doing uh, and building my nutrition business and I needed some, I knew I needed to scale through social media and digital marketing. So I happened to see Shecky's company. He was, they were advertising a social media training marketing course. So I was clicking on that. And, and then that's eventually I got linked up with Shecky. He was my digital marketing coach for my nutrition company. And then I really just loved his uh, style, his integrity. I could just feel that he was genuine. He knew what he was doing. He's got the much more systematic type brain organized. And so when we were on a call to where a coaching call where I was looking to scale up the high return real estate business from, as I said, people I knew, Newton Network to people I didn't know, I knew I needed some help. So we, he laid out a plan for me. And then that's when I pitched Shecky, hey, man, like I, I need you to partner with me on this. Let's go 50-50 and really create an incredible company. So, so blessed to have had that interaction. And initially, with Shecky is my coach. And then our partnership has been, has been amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, Jeff, so same question. So a little bit about how you grew up, a little bit about what you were doing before, and then how you and Jack kind of got partnered together. Well, I was a complete screw up. I uh, <laughs> really am a little bit to this day. I was born into a very traditional background. My my father was actually a rabbi. And so I was the firstborn and there was just a ton of expectation. You know, you're going to do this. You're going to become a professional doctor, lawyer, CPA, whatever. You're going to marry a nice Jewish girl. You know, you're going to be, you're going to be this model that we've created for you. And uh, man, I, I really, really struggled with that. Went to college, but didn't finish just as a result, I was forced into being an entrepreneur. I mean, I just, I had to be scrappy just because I needed to serve some of that rebellion, I guess, or figure out my own way. And it's very difficult to figure out your own way, obviously, with traditional paths. And just like kind of what Jack was saying, what worked for our parents certainly, certainly didn't work for us. So um, I have essentially been self-employed in one form or another most of my life. Uh, at a number of different businesses. And um, just to catch you up quickly, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I was really curious when the internet and digital marketing really started growing. I had just taken a pretty big hit in that last real estate meltdown. And I was looking for some new skill sets. And and certainly not at a young age. I mean, I'm not a young man. And um, I was in San Antonio. I moved to Austin, which is kind of like the mecca of internet marketing. And I made some really great friends and ended up helping a buddy of mine grow his social media consulting agency. And I ran the consulting side. And that is how I ended up meeting Jack. And, you know, as we say, the rest is history. And it's been, I agree with Jack, it's been a, a fantastic partnership. And we have some very good complementary strengths and weaknesses. So it, it's worked out really well. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point there, Jeff. And I, I kind of want to touch on this for a second. And you both can speak into this, but I want Jeff to address it first, and then you can jump in after. So this is a really big topic for me right now, because I feel like this is happening right now. So you mentioned the last real estate crash, the last economy crash, how devastating 
interesting that was. And now we've been in this up cycle for a really long time. And it's starting to look now, and you guys can give me your perspective on this. It's starting to look now pretty much nationally, like inventory starting to build up, housing prices are starting to get stagnant and even start to depreciate a little bit. And it looks like the correction that's been coming for a really long time is finally about to start happening. So this is a question I've been asking a lot of people recently because I'm 26 years old. So the last time that the market crashed, I was like 14. <laughs> so there wasn't much for me. I mean, I, I felt it because my parents are in real estate. So I, I definitely felt the crash and I understood probably more than, the, more than other kids my age just because I was in that kind of a household. But I didn't really feel the impact of that. So now as being 26, trying to sit here and go, hey, look, I've just because I haven't experienced this doesn't mean I have to experience it in order for it to kick me in the face. Like I can learn from the experiences of other people 10, 12, 13 years ago. I don't have to go and experience it myself. And I think there's a lot of millennials right now that are not taking it seriously. They're, they're in this mode of like, oh, I'm making money, I'm making money, nothing can stop me. And then all of a sudden, like everything's going to go away and it's going to be way more difficult to make sales and generate revenue for your business. And then those people are going to be the people going back and getting jobs. And so I want to know what you guys think is the best way to prepare for those kinds of things and then how you guys are currently doing that? Oh God, I love that question. <laughs> so first of all, I do agree with you, Travis, that we are on the edge of the cliff and I'm not necessarily sure if it's a cliff or not. I mean, nobody's got a crystal ball. The banks, what sent us into the last tailspin obviously was the banks doing a lot of really, really stupid stuff that we all know what it is. And Interestingly, all these laws got passed to protect us from that same stupidity. And now there is really just a different version of stupidity that's going on that happens to be legal. So I don't know that it's necessarily better than last time. It's just different. So we know that as values start correcting themselves, and, and we learned this from another very famous investor just recently, is that essentially there's three kinds of markets. You have the real cyclical markets, like where you have the wild swings that are going on on the coasts, you know, like West Coast, East Coast. And then you have like a market like where we operate, which is Indianapolis, which is essentially what you would call, you know, flat or stable. And then you have some of the hybrid ones in between, like the Denvers and the Austins. And so I think that anybody that is has anything in their model as far as making money based on appreciation right now, especially in the hybrid and the cyclical markets, is doing themselves a huge disservice because you're, you're banking on fluff. And so to answer your question, what we're doing is the, essentially the same thing we've been doing all along the last two or three years is we've been buying lower price properties for our own portfolios and we've been buying strictly for buy and hold. We've been not been buying for appreciation in any way. We're just buying properties that we know will always have a solid renter base. They're, you know, 15 to 20 minutes at most of downtown. They are usually within five minutes of some nearing gentrification, but they're not in the gentrification. And we're obviously in a city like Indianapolis where, you know, even in that last crash when other markets were losing 30, 40, 50%, Indianapolis lost seven and, you know, recovered very quickly. So you, you've got to look for places where, you know, yeah, it may not be as sexy where there isn't as much appreciation, but the flatness can serve you very, very well if you're doing the right kind of strategy. Got it. Got it. What about you, Jack? Well, yeah, I mean, everything he just said is correct. I mean, if you're buying properties in markets where they're not, they haven't inflated that much, like in the Midwest versus the coast, I mean, you're, you're in a much better position if the 
property prices do correct, which probably inevitably, you know, as you said, it's got to happen at some point, everything cycles in cycles out. I think, um, you know, right now is certainly a time where you could argue that being in a solid cash position is not a bad play. You have two parts that kind of go conflicting against each other when you when you do that, right? Like, there's the one part of you that says, wow, I've got, say, for example, 100,000 in cash in the bank. And essentially, it's losing money, because where inflation is outpacing the interest at which the bank is paying you. So that's tough to do. And for a lot of, for most people, they don't want to do that. And they don't want to also have the patience to learn how to be a sophisticated investor enough to where, you know, they learn how to buy right. On the flip side of that is, well, it's really very difficult to time the market, right? Like what we think that you know, I thought there was going to be a stock market crash 24 months ago. A lot of the guys I subscribed to, experts were saying it was going to happen. And here we are, the stock market went, you know, up quite a bit. So, like, how do you, I mean, you just don't know. I think the best position is certainly going to be tailored per the individual and what kind of risk level that they can, what they can withstand. But anytime, so the bottom line, anytime you're buying a investment and not buying and praying. In other words, you're not buying it in the hopes that it's going to go up in value to be able to make money with it, that you're buying it and knowing because you know what the rents, you know what the cash flow is on that particular investment, you know what the interest and dividends is, that sort of thing where you're buying something, knowing what the immediate cash flow or ROI is going to be, then you're in a much different position when there's a potential storm on the horizon versus somebody who's buying and praying. They're very, very at risk, those that are doing it for capital appreciation right now. Hey, what's up, fellow and future networkers? Want to listen to Build Your Network a day early? Download the Himalaya app and follow the show for exclusive first access. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters, aka me, some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free. It's the easiest platform to use, and they're adding cool new features every single day. So go to the App Store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Build Your Network once you're there. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that both of you said that I want to kind of pull out of that and uh, confirm before we move on the conversation. So the first thing that I heard in there was buying for cash flow, not for appreciation. So if you're listening to this right now and, and you're not exactly sure what we're talking about, so there's two different ways to buy real estate in terms of making money. One is for cash flow, meaning the dollars that you're going to make back based on the dollars that you spent acquiring the property. And then there's for appreciation. So if you're buying it, and a lot of flippers will do this, they, they buy based on appreciation. They buy based on a lot of other things as well, but obviously appreciation does not help or does not hurt the final numbers that you sell the property for. And so if you're buying, if your main MO is buying properties for appreciation, it's probably not a good time to continue doing that. And you should probably start looking more at the rate of return and for the longer term buy and hold property. So first thing, buy for cash flow, not for uh, appreciation. The next thing, have cash reserves. Cash is king in a down market. And then one of the things that, that 
one of you guys touched on that I want to kind of bring out, and this is what kind of sparked the whole conversation is knowledge. I think one of the big, one of the most underrated things in a down economy is having more knowledge than the next guy, being better than the next guy. And this is what sparked the conversation because Jeff was saying that the, during the last downturn of the economy, he realized that he wanted another skill set. So instead of like sitting there whining and complaining about the real estate market and the crash of the economy, he went in and Jeff, you went in and learned a brand new skill set in social media marketing and digital marketing, and then took that and still made a profit with it while the economy was down and then now have flourished through the upswing of the economy. So I think those three things are huge. And then I want to add a fourth thing to that, which is your connections, your, your network, the people that you know. I feel like if those four things, if you buy for cash flow, you have cash reserves, you increase your knowledge and you've deepened your connections with people who are successful and are really well connected themselves, then those four things will really, really help you to be able to not just survive, but thrive in the down economy. Yeah, well said, Travis. Concur. Awesome. Awesome. So moving on here, Jack and Jeff, you guys both met and then started doing some things together. Jack, can you tell us a little bit more about where this business came about and how you guys started working together? Because obviously both you guys both came together. Jeff's doing social media and digital marketing stuff. And then you're over here doing network marketing and nutrition. And then you guys are like, hey, let's start a real estate company. <laughs> how, how did that happen? Yeah, it's not exactly how it went down, right? It never really does. <laughs> I was doing really, really well with cash flow with uh, the network marketing business. I mean, we were, and my wife and I were made it a practice to always live well below our means so that we can you know, build up an incredible future and not to the point of which we're not enjoying the present, but being responsible about it. So we had banked up quite a bit of cash. I was invested in stocks at the time because that's really all I knew. And I have a habit in the stock market for whatever reason of this incredible strategy of buying high and selling low. So <laughs> uh, just, just like most people, right? I guess. Right. It just, it serves, served me so well over the years. So finally, like about four years ago, my stocks dropped like a rock and I had it wiped out all my gains. Fortunately, I'd wrote a lot of options. So I created a lot of cash flow to lower my risk. So, I mean, that's, a, I guess, a definite, definitely a different conversation as far as stock market investing goes. But it didn't kill me. It just was like, oh, man, I just don't want to ride this roller coaster for the rest of my life. This is terrible. So I knew that real estate, more millionaires were created in real estate than any other asset class in the world. So I knew I needed to learn it and study it. So I started listening to podcasts just over and over and over at the gym every day for an hour. And then I started buying up and I got really attracted to the model of turnkey real estate investing. Because at the time, I mean, I'm still very active in the nutrition company. I'm very active as a dad, you know, all of that, two young children. So I didn't see myself as having time to go out and figure out how to buy, acquire, renovate, put tenants in place, all that whole process. So I bought from a turnkey company was getting great returns, started sending my network as a referral, referrals to the uh, turnkey company provider. I started then getting commissions from him for all the referrals. And then eventually just became, you know, full on, hey, let's, let's make a business out of this. And that's the point in which I brought in Shecky. So you started into that just from your own curiosity and standpoint of, hey, I need to learn something about real estate because obviously there's something to this. And then you just start buying a bunch of turnkey properties to add to your portfolio. And then you're like, hey, there's something here. And that's when you kind of figured out that maybe we should be doing some of this as well. Yeah. When 
the returns were really strong that I was getting. And, you know, it was much better than anything I'd ever done before. So I was excited about it. And, and I believed in it. And I, I believe in passive income. I love passive income. So I couldn't really shut up about it. I mean, I was just ex passionate, excited that I had found a great vehicle and found a great provider that was, you know, selling at very reasonable prices. So when I was when I was talking about it on social media, just at, to all my friends, family, coworkers, and all that, they saw that my excitement and, and everything for it, and they jumped in. So then, pretty soon after you know five million dollars worth of sales with just through my network alone, part time in a market I'm three hours away from without ever showing a property, I realized that wow, there's probably a much much bigger market out there for this. I just don't have the skill set and the time to be able to do it on my own. So I need to bring in a stud, an expert that could complement me in terms of what I'm good at that could fill that void. So that's when I approached Shecky. And fortunately, you know, he said yes. He didn't know what he was signing up for. <laughs> now, hindsight, like, I don't know, we're two, three years into the company, probably look back and say, oh man, what did I get myself into? But we really actually do. We say that all the time just because the complexity of the problems and challenges that we've had to overcome has been, been very monumental. But we, you know, we're at a position now where we're like, wow, we've got a pretty awesome company. So yeah, and I, I love that. I love the origin of that story just because there's so many people that will look at that. Okay, so at the beginning, you're like, okay, I, I need to stop being so invested in stocks. I need to put some money in real estate. I don't know anything about real estate. So instead of using that as, as an excuse, you go find like probably the most passive and uh, form of investing that requires the least amount of knowledge about real estate. So instead of just saying like, hey, well, I don't know anything, guess I can't invest in real estate or, you know, guess I got to go do $100,000 of real estate trainings to invest properly. You just found an avenue in turnkey investing that allows you to invest in real estate, probably the most passive way possible besides getting involved in some sort of like a RE, uh, instead in a REIT, which for people listening, real estate investment trust or some fund or something like that, instead of giving money to something like that, turnkey rental properties is probably the most passive way of doing it. So you just went that route instead of, you know, using lack of knowledge as an excuse to never do anything. Thing, which is really cool. Yeah. And I found that turnkey was a great introduction for me, a way to really learn without learn the business, learn the model without like a lot of the risk that you would normally incur if you're trying to go out and just be a lone warrior. Yeah. So true. So true. So Jeff coming into it, did you have any sort of real estate portfolio? Did you know anything about this or was this kind of just like, yeah, man, I trust you. Let's go for it. I'm going to learn as much as I can. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I did have a real estate background and it wasn't positive. So <laughs> okay. to a great extent, I had kind of like Jack's experience with stocks and I had some similar experiences. I had also had figured out how to lose money with real estate too, because I was doing a bunch of flipping right before the previous crash. So to an extent, I had sworn off real estate investing, but what was going on at the time was I was, as, as stated, I was working with a, a buddy of mine who had this really great social media company and learning a ton and it was great, but I did not, I was not self-employed and I knew that somewhere in my bones, like I had to go back to being self-employed. And what I did was I, on my little whiteboard in my home office, I just wrote a few things down that I wanted in my next opportunity. And they were just, just little, like little left-handed chicken scratching. It just said, Hey, I want to go back to being in business for myself. I want to sell a high ticket item. I want to be the best in my space. I want to leverage my digital marketing skills. 
I want to leverage my consultative selling skills, and oh, I don't want to work alone. I want an amazing partner. And all I did was just throw that up there on my board. It was almost like a manifestation. And I didn't really even think about it much. And it was maybe three, four months after that that I got this call from Jack, who I only knew by phone. Like we, I had been helping him with his nutrition company. But he said, hey, I think there's a business here and I want to just pick your brain. And I was like, well, dude, of course, you know, you've been in a lot of our courses. And I, even though I only know you by phone, I've got a tremendous respect for you. And it's not even billable hours, dude. Let's just get on the phone and brainstorm. And we got on the phone. I had an hour booked. I remember it turned into like three and a half. And, you know, it was either too much coffee or great energy or whatever. But I was pretty sweaty when we got done with that call. And uh, just as a courtesy, I had typed up a lot of the bullet points of what we had discussed and, you know, some of the directions and things that Jack could go with his business. I wasn't even thinking about it for myself. And, you know, the very next day he's writing back going like, let's do it. And of course, I'm like, WTF, dude, let's do what? So that was kind of the the nucleus of, of how everything got started. And what was really intriguing to me with my digital marketing background was also the turnkey model, because as we know from what we understand in digital marketing, being able to have some sort of done-for-you solution in really any niche is very, very powerful. And so what we just did was we just set out to build a model that any investor would be comfortable walking into. And we knew that from our own experience as investors, you know, what we would like. So even though, as Jack alluded to, we had a ton of challenges and, you know, had to get away from that initial supplier and eventually built out all of our own supply rehab management systems. I mean, it's a lot of moving parts um, and it's taken us a long time to build it. But now that it's built, we have a, a machine that's a really, really strong done for you solution for any investor that they can walk in and feel very, very comfortable about investing in that kind of environment. So we just built something that we knew that we would want and it seemed to have worked really well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely has worked really well. And Jack, can I have you explain really quick, just like a brief synopsis on what a turnkey property is? I've been realizing we've been saying that term a lot, but we never took time to explain it. So can you kind of explain that for somebody that's out there listening that's like, hey, I want to know about this passive form of real estate investing? Yeah, that's what a great question. And you know, the the answer is it depends. (laughs) So we have our definition of turnkey and then other turnkey providers, they're going to have what their definition of turnkey is. So our definition of turnkey is where the property has, is a cash flow producing asset when you purchase it. So in other words, it's already been, we already did the acquisition. We did the rehab work because most of the properties that we do buy, we're buying them distressed. That's where we get our best deals on. And that's where we can have the most value is through not buying something that's already prettied up, is that somebody else has already captured the value with that. So we're buying the distressed properties, sending in our rehab teams, which we have multiple teams. So we have big economies of scale with that. And then we do a, uh, once it's rehab, we do a third party inspection to check, keep all of our teams honest, make sure that they're producing quality work. And not only that, but to make sure that our investor has full transparency on all the condition of the property. Then we do another rehab team goes back in, curates everything on the inspection report. Then we lease the property up. And only once that whole process is completed, where it's leased up and deposit is money is in hand, then we will sell the property to an investor as a cash flow producing asset. So that's, it's like everything is done for you 
in a true turnkey model. And that's our opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would agree with that. I think the real turnkey power comes in the fact that you don't got to do anything as an investor. Like you literally wire the funds and then collect deposits and that's it. Yeah. And some, some turnkey, and there's an argument, I get it for this. And we did it before too, in our high return real estate 1.0 or 2.0 versions. We're at 3.0 now, but um, we were selling properties before they were actually done. So we still did everything, but the investor was buying in maybe once we acquired the property and then they would kind of fund the rehab process with our team. And then of course our team would lease it up. But what we found is that, you know, you always run into situations, unexpected challenges on properties that could inevitably delay the process. And then now the investor is getting kind of antsy because they're it's taking a lot longer to get cash flowing than they wanted. We're starting to feel the heat and the pressure. So we're, neither one of us are having a great experience. So we just decide, you know what? Everybody's going to have a much better experience if we're just delivering a property that's done, leased up, no no exceptions. Yeah, totally. Well, really cool, man. I, you guys have a couple of properties that are listed right now. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, we have a difficult time keeping up with our website because stuff sells pretty fast. But there's always usually something up on the website that is available. So if somebody wants to go check out some of the properties you have in inventory, where would they go? I would just send them to our website. It's to the really website, cool. okay. Yeah, highreturnrealestate.com. And there's really two tabs you should look closely at. One is obviously the properties page and one is the FAQ page because it you know, describes all the way we do things. Like in five minutes, somebody can figure out if what we're doing is meaningful for them. So head over to highreturnrealestate.com to check out a couple of those properties. I actually did this a couple of days ago and uh, they do have a couple of really good deals on there. So if you're interested in this type of investing, I highly recommend going and checking out Jack and Jeff's properties they have over there. Now you guys are also uh, doing a little bit of podcasting. Is that right? Can you tell me a little bit about the show, what it's called, where people can find it and, and how that's been going for you. Yeah, we're about 45 episodes in, you know, we've definitely wish we had been more consistent with our show in terms of, you know, a weekly show and, you know, all of that. But at the end of the day, right, you mean, we're building out a brand new system from scratch. So we're just trying to do the best we can to get that in and, you know, not neglect it, right? I mean, it's not the easiest thing, Travis, I'm sure you know, mm. but um, <laughs> wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. Yours, you just without a hitch, right? So we try to really focus each week, we'll bring guests on to explore, you know, all the different aspects of buy and hold investing, entity protection, how to use, we even had a guest on, our last interview was on how to use privatized banking through whole life insurance policies to accelerate your real estate investing. Lots of really cool topics that we're just trying to help educate our investor base on what to um, expect when they get into the game. And not only that, but for us, it's more than a marketing tool. It's a way for us to really connect with people that don't know, like, and trust us and to create and build our network. Because at the end of the day, if you're not building a network, you're looking for work. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's the question I was gonna ask you next is like, how has the podcast directly affected your, your first, first of all, your knowledge base in the real estate industry, but also your network? Well, we learned, yeah, Shecky, I mean, you can certainly add on. I mean, we learned so much from bringing on our guests. I mean, we, I mean, it's incredible the kind of caliber of guests we've been bringing on. Yeah, it's like, it's like free coaching on every call that you jump on. You get to just ask whatever you wanna ask and you get answers and it's all for free. <laughs> so go ahead, Jeff. You really took the words out of my mouth. Like it's just been incredible, the people that we've met. 
And one of the other thing that's cool is, and you know, since you're the networking guy, obviously you get this, is, and, and especially true for your listeners, is we've been able to also build out a network, not just for us, but for our investor base too. So what we find happening sometimes is, will an investor have a question and we'll go, oh, we covered that in great depth on episode number 35 and you should go listen to it. And then the, the investor goes and listens to it and not only do they get you know, us asking the questions, but now they've leveraged their way into a relationship with that guest because that guest has said, hey, you know, here's how you find me and you wanna connect with me directly. Here's my direct email address, you know, and they've got, one-stop shopping. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. So uh, name of the show and are you guys in all the directories? We should be in most of the directories. The name of the show is called the high return real estate show. You know, kind of goes along with our website. Uh, the, uh, my favorite is our little subtitle tagline, the show for heavy hitters. Yes. Grabs attention. There you go. Yeah. You know, and cause I, I think, you know, ultimately, Everybody wants to be smart and safe about investing, but you know, we all want to feel like we're winning the game. You know, we all want to feel like we've got a little bit of heavy hitter in us. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, like I love coming on shows like yours and it's great, but I love that we're doing one as well. So we, we're blessed. We get the best of both worlds. Perfect. So we're running out of time here. I want to make sure we get to this question because it's the one that I ask every single guest that comes on the show. I'm going to go ahead and have Jack answer first and then Jeff answer second. Who you know or what you know? Which one is more important and why? <laughs> Which one came first, the chicken or the egg, right? <laughs> I mean, obviously, they're both very important. And in my opinion, who you know is much more important. The example I always give is, look, very first year, I get started in real estate and sell $5 million worth of property. How could that possibly happen? You know, that wasn't what I knew because I was a newbie to real estate investing. I didn't really know that much. I just knew that I liked my return. I was excited about what I was doing. Who I know, who I knew is what brought in that amount of business that quick. So just one more point as far as how does that happen? Well, that wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. I'm 40 right now. So when I was you know, 19, 20, starting out in networking and business, I didn't have very much influence and I didn't have very much, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I probably wouldn't have been able to sell one property. 10 years ago, still probably not able to do it, maybe, maybe a bit. But as I've built the last 20 years of know, like, and trust with so many people that know that Jack Gibson keeps his word. And that's what I've proven to them over the last 20 years. So they know when they do business with me that I will keep my word with them no matter what. And that's what people value. And that's how you build up a network that can really create some incredible wealth for you. Love it. Jeff? Yeah, my, my answer is absolutely the same. It, it, in every case, I would say it's who over what. I would not have met Jack without my relationships in the digital marketing world. So you know, start there. I would not have the great business that I had if I didn't know Jack in one form or fashion. And some of the stuff that we do now, as far as all these processes that we have, which are far better than what they were two or three years ago, because we know a lot more people. Certainly we know a lot better about how to do things for sure, but we also know who we can trust and who we can't trust to do the things that we need to do that have to happen for us every day and have to happen perfectly. And in the past, one, some of our biggest challenge in growing our business is because we did not know 
who we could rely on. And it took time to develop those relationships. So the other piece is too, is that when you don't know something, and you brought it up very nicely, by the way, is that you can always go to somebody else. You can always look to your network to say, hey, can I learn from somebody else's mistakes? Can I learn from somebody else's successes too? Of course. And the internet's beautiful because the whole world's at your freaking doorstep, right? So I mean, whether it's audio, video, text, whatever, but your ability to go connect with other people and learn from them, it can happen in seconds. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that's the whole point right there is that the who will always accelerate the what, whereas vice versa, I don't find to be true as often or as a general rule. Now, in the exaggerated senses, yes, of course, like Mark Zuckerberg is now the most extremely well-connected guy in the world because of what he knew, because he built Facebook and then he built something incredibly intriguing, became a multi-billionaire and then everybody wanted to know him. So his network obviously expanded. So yeah, the extreme cases for sure. But I find like a normal day-to-day average Joe who's just trying to like build his business and do well and and define his his level of success for himself when he really gets to know the best people in the industry that he's trying to succeed in that person will always find a higher level of success at a much faster rate than they would if they just go about doing it all by themselves yeah absolutely 100% concur. Well, cool. Awesome. I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, we're running out of time here. Let's move on to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions and some quick random answers. What we'll do is I'll ask the question and I'll have Jeff answer first and then Jack, you answer second. But uh, they're not like really long answers or anything, just like quick answers, whatever comes to the first or top of your mind. You guys ready? Let's yeah. Go. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Rock star. That's an easy one. You know, I've always wanted to be a professional athlete. I just was slow and couldn't jump. So <laughs> wonderful. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk would talk to them for an hour, who would it be? Albert Einstein. Oh, for sure, Abraham Lincoln, just with the amount of like stress he had to endure. That'd be awesome. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Oh, God, that's tough. I enjoy reading, but I also enjoy podcasts. I would say I would probably put video at the bottom, believe it or not, even though it's probably one of the most popular mediums. But I, I, I find myself constantly turning up the speed on the volume or on the, on the video. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there on that one. Jack? I much prefer reading, but from a time efficiency standpoint, podcasting, audiobooks are better. And uh, video is, yeah, like Shecky, I don't know why. The bottom of the list. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Well, for me, I try to sleep as late as I possibly can. Because <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy being well rested. I don't like having an alarm clock. I will set the alarm on occasion when I have to be up early. But I, my deal is I get up early. I think about three things that I'm super grateful for. I do a very, very, very quick, it's like maybe a 10 minute exercise, just stretchy, get everything moving. I drink a ton of water when I first get up because I know I get dehydrated. And I just, you know, try and get my head space straight by being grateful. And that's it. It's actually pretty short. It's not this like 900 things that all these gurus are recommending. And I'm, I'm usually off in the car and heading to the office, or if I'm working from home, I'm you know, I got, I got to get the coffee going by that point. My morning routine is terrible, to be honest. I guess one of the things I've got to, I got to fix. I get up and check my phone and get on social media, which isn't good to set your day. So I'm trying to break that habit. I'm not trying. I am 
And, um, but the one really good thing I do is I go to the gym and work out for an hour. So that's a win. Yeah. Well, that, that's one of the reasons I asked that question is like, because a lot of people give a similar answer to Jeff's. A lot of people give a similar answer to Jack's. So it's just proving that like, Hey, look, having a good morning routine is not the thing that's going to make you successful. You can do that without having that. But here are some tools every once in a while from somebody who has a bunch of tools that might be able to help you at least stay more disciplined and have a better start to your day. What is your go-to pump-up song? Uh, for mine, it's We Are the Champions by Queen. Mine's Wake Me Up by Avicii. Hey, that's a pretty good one too. <laughs> what is something that you are just not very good at? I don't know. I can't really think of anything I'm not but really good at or horrible at. I'm, I'll usually attempt most of them. So to give you a golf, oh, you're answering for him. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played him either, so that's probably true. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. I'll, I'll give you mine, kind of jog your, uh, maybe give you along the right line of thinking here. I am a horrible at folding laundry. Like my wife, if I try to like be nice and like fold her laundry for her, she will literally come in. I've caught her more than once just like refolding her laundry. I'm like, hey, babe, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's definitely, I'm, I'm just, for whatever reason, just don't, I'm, I'm just horrible at it. Yeah, that gets you out of it. That's an incredible thing to be hey, bad at. That's true. That's true. Yeah, mine's pretty much most things tech related. You know, I'm, I'm just, Shecky definitely makes fun of my tech, uh, lack of tech ability. <laughs> so that's why I, but that's why I brought him on as a partner. I knew where to, you know, I knew my limitations. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So as we get everything wrapped up here, guys, what is one place online where we are going to be able to find you both the most? My, it seems like where I get sucked in time wise is I am a, a Scrabble God and Facebook has a really great Scrabble app. So although I can't say I'm like, thankfully I'm not like super addicted to Facebook, but I do use Facebook's Scrabble app there. I came out in public. That's my guilty pleasure. Love it. Love it. Jack? Yeah, unfortunately, Facebook has got me. Got it. Got it. Perfect. So if you guys want to go connect with Jack and Jeff, remember you can head over to highreturnrealestate.com and uh, get, get in touch with them over there. Or you can go check out Facebook and connect with them over there. Jack, Jeff, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Uh, we had a fantastic time chatting with you both. Awesome. We enjoyed it. You've got fantastic interview skills, but you're doing a great thing. Yeah, this was great, Travis. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds here on Build Your Network. They are literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is a new term to you, or you've always kind of wondered exactly what a mastermind is or what it does or how much they are, how to find one, all those types of details, you are definitely going to want to take my free mastermind course. It is everything you need to know about masterminds in just six short lessons. It's 100% free. So there's literally no reason to not at least see what it's about. Just head over to travischapel.com to grab that course and start today. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.